Welcome back to the Broncos Avenue Podcast. It's Amir from Broncos Avenue on Instagram and Twitter. Back with another episode with my co-host, Dustin, today. Super excited to get this episode going. So we got some big news today, Dustin. First off, let me, let me ask you how you're doing today. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing okay. It's that time of year where we're all getting sick and just trying to push through it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Lot, lots of, uh, you know, the co-hosts getting sick with the flu and whatnot. Um, I know you had the flu. It's, it's good to see you doing better. Yeah, I'm doing great. Took a couple of days, but we're here. Yes, sir. So we got, um, obviously, the 49ers. As we're recording this, the 49ers and Cardinals are playing. Um, obviously, we're keeping a, a lookout on that for the Broncos draft, first-round draft pick um, that they got from the Miami Dolphins. So, um, you know, depending on if they win or lose that game, that could impact the Broncos draft pick. But, um, yeah, so with that being said, all, all the rest of the games are done for week 11 around the NFL, obviously. The last episode, if you guys haven't uh, listened or watched uh, watched that, we reacted to the Broncos' loss against the Raiders. Broncos, obviously, 3-7 now, but some big news this morning. Um, I, I kind of expected it this time. I know it's crazy to say because it's like, obviously, as everybody knows, the Broncos released Melvin Gordon after two and a half years with the team, um, a move that many fans were uh, heavily anticipating, were asking for for a while now, and they finally get it. Um, obviously me and you have our thoughts on this. We, we believe that he shouldn't have been brought back yeah. in the first place this season on a new contract. He was getting paid $2.25 million to fumble away games. But, um, <laughs> but I, honestly, um, I kind of expected that after last night, I just had one of those feelings in my gut. Um, I don't know. And we, we wake up next morning and Melvin Gordon's gone. He's not a Bronco anymore. And so, um, we kind of look to uh, Latavius Murray. And Marlon Mack is now the second string running back who hasn't played a single down for this team. Um, and then Divine Zigbo, who he got off the Saints practice squad in this offseason, he's going to be the third string. So I'm going to, I'm kind of curious to see if George Payton maybe wants to go look, uh, look to coach another running back off of another team's practice squad, um, you know, going into this Panthers game this Sunday. Um, that, that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I do have uh, much more faith in Latavius Murray than Melvin Gordon. So, I mean, I'm not mad by this move at all. Um, obviously, we both think similar on this. What, what are you thinking uh, after this Melvin Gordon uh, release? Okay, so I have to say this since I didn't get to make the uh, the reaction reaction podcast, unfortunately. Another week, another Melvin Gordon fumble. Right, had to say that. But with that being said, I obviously think it was the right decision. I don't think he should have been brought back in the first place. Um, I think he should have been gone after his first. Well, this is fourth fumble of the year, fifth, right? is fifth yeah fifth fumble of the year so and i think 110 percent without a doubt in my mind this one and the uh week one against the seahawks 110 percent cost us the game there's not a doubt in my mind is that oh yeah he did fumble in that one too huh yeah Yeah, moments and returned it and and the thing that really irritated me about it i don't know if you saw his press uh his press conference afterwards but he said he was like i don't really think my fumble is one of the reasons we lost the game and that i i I wonder if that had a big part uh to do in why they decided to get rid of him now again without that i think they should have got rid of him to begin with and i think this is an extremely good move and my first question is who's next is it just going to be gordon is Hackett going to end up being gone too? What, what's, what's the situation going to be? Because 
as much as like it pains me to say this, I do think this was one of our better offensive performances, even though we have scored more points in this season. But it seemed like we moved the ball more. We moved it more efficiently. And honestly, I'm I'm really not mad at the way that, that Russ played. I don't feel like he really missed too many throws. Um, I was watching the sacks that the Raiders got. It really wasn't from him holding on to the ball. They did just get pressure on those plays or our blocking just wasn't very good. Um, I do think the play calling was significantly better this week. I, I thought it it worked better for us because it was, it was a lot of quick plays. It was a lot of quick um, quick throws. And there was that like pitch, that pitch dive play that they ran a couple of times. I really liked that. That was kind of cool. I've never seen that before um I personally I'm I don't know if it's been ran before but yeah I guess the big picture is my first question is is Hackett going to be gone next or yeah that's uh something Benjamin Albright actually tweeted about this um last night after the loss um he said that we're that more now than ever um is the interim head coach watch for the Denver, Denver Broncos kind of heating up um he said that you know after this loss um we're kind of you know leaning more towards that possibility, despite the fact that we were so confident that he, if he is going to get fired, it's going to at least be after the rest of the season. Cause you know, it's like, what better situation do you have? What better solution do you have for yeah. the if you were going to fire him? But at this point, it's like, what is he doing to help this team? Now that yeah, exactly. the have been handing, handed to the quarterback coach yeah. it's like, and he, at this he's, point. Yeah. And he's not, he's not like a, it's terrible to say, but he's not like the Lions coach either. Dan Campbell, you know, he does. He's not like just he's not like the guy that just brings everybody. At least it doesn't appear that way. Like I here, here's something I haven't like I've noticed big like Detroit's a perfect example. I know they're on a three game win streak, but when they lose, they're still going to bat for their coach. They're still talking good about everybody. I haven't really seen that. Like I haven't really seen our players go out. I haven't seen anybody go out and like trash Russ or trash Hackett or anything, but I haven't seen anybody really step up and be like, nah, Hackett's the guy, like, we need to, we need to step our game up, like, we want to play for this man, like, it hurts our hearts to see, you know, us losing, like, I haven't really seen that, and that, that's really what is getting me the most concerned, and on the flip side, I, I, I do think we keep, I don't think he's gone this week, but I think the second that we are mathematically eliminated from playoff contention, I bet you he's gone. Yeah, because it's like at that point, then what do you really need him for? You know, yeah. the future for your organization. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really good point you brought up because it almost feels like, and I hate to bring this up, but it almost feels like there isn't like I wouldn't say there's there's division in the locker room, but it just feels like there's nobody is really standing up for their head coach. Like even I saw like players standing up for Vic Fangio during his tenure. Yeah, I saw multiple times Justin, Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons, yeah. Yeah. multiple times stepped up for him to the media and we haven't seen that at all from Hackett I think the most compliments he got was the fact that he was hugging players during uh OTA workouts and during the season we haven't seen any kind of support from the teammates and I'm not trying to bash the you know the players at all you know obviously we've had you know Quinn Myers just Sean Williams on here and they've said nothing but, but good things about him but and in terms of you know the in-season play nobody's backing up you know him in terms of in terms of the results of the poor offensive you know play through the first 10 games so yeah that's a it's a really good point to bring yeah, up yeah uh, it doesn't look too bright for him and to add to that also again not to bash anybody but i 
I think it's bigger to me when you're not directly asked about a coach to go out and stand stand up for them than it is to be like put on the spot, right? Because like if 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 you're asked in a in a press conference, you know, obviously as as a player, you're you're gonna do and say the right thing, which I'm not saying the guys on here is what they did, but that that's what you're forced to do. So for me, when you go out of your way, you know, to say something, that that's when it's the most impactful. And yeah, I, I again, not to get on the players or anything at all, but there, there's a reason they're they're not doing it, and there's a reason that they do do it, you know. And I guess it could be worse. They could be going out there trashing the guy, like we have seen that, you know, before from other teams. But the fact that there's just si- silence speaks volumes, and and it's just it's it's concerning. And it, there's just there's no defense for Russ. There's no defense for Hackett, and it's just it's extremely extremely concerning. Yeah, the whole Hackett, the whole Russell Wilson situation just seems to get um, almost worse every week with the way that I feel like I've watched his press conference today, his post game press conference, and he we saw a lot more human from him. I'll say that um, he just he gave more um, I wouldn't say like emotional responses, but he just like it felt like more straight up. He wasn't doing you know the the smiles for the cameras and all 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 that. Um, he was giving very honest answers, but every week it, it just seems like, I don't know if, if he, him and Hackett and this offense, they really have things gelled together that the way that they need to be, it needs to be that way for, you know, an NFL offense to build chemistry like that. It just, it feels like there's a very big disconnect with all of them together. Yeah. I, it, I'm not going to sit here and nag on Russ too much simply for the fact that I, I have to hope. I think we all kind of have to because yeah, we're, we're stuck with them regardless we're stuck. yeah it, it doesn't matter so th- th- this is what I'm, I'm hoping one of one of three things happens and and is the situation one this is just a really 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 bad coming together of two two things R- R- russ and hackett and it's just off to a terrible start and they'll get together and we'll finish the rest of the season great two hackett is 110 percent the issue he's been the issue this whole time and he'll be gone and hopefully next year we'll figure it out or three Russ's in or three it's it's the injuries and stuff and that's something I wanted to touch on real quick I do think at least just just from watching it I really haven't gone back and watched film I'm super busy the last two days but from my initial just watch of the game it seemed like a lot more of this game truly did have to do with injuries and the lack of players that we had like on the offensive perspective, because it seemed like a lot, a lot of times we were actually moving the ball and we were, we were getting going and it seemed more consistent, I would say. And, and just to touch on it, imagine if, if, if Melvin ran that in for a touchdown or he didn't fumble that ball, we'd be having a whole different conversation right now. The whole, the whole story would be different because that momentum, like there's no, especially because it's like the fifth time he's fumbled this year. Like there's, I find it hard to believe that not everybody on the sideline went, oh, my God, again, like, seriously, like, there, there's no way, you know, I've, I've been on football teams before, and you want to be there for your brothers, but, like, you can't, if somebody's just throwing the game away consistently, game after game after game, you can't, it, the emotions get to you at some point, and there's no way that that momentum didn't, didn't play a factor in that. Yeah, momentum's huge in the NFL, um, that it, but it'll either boast your confidence or it'll completely demoralize you and that's the way you know good football teams respond to that and the bad football teams let it drag them down we're one of those bad football teams unfortunately 
Um, also, one thing is the Broncos just can't play. We say this week after week. They can't play complimentary football to save their lives. We get one good touchdown drive going, then the next drive we're letting Josh Jacobs pretend he's Barry Sanders against us. Like, yeah, that's that's the thing I, I don't understand either. Is so we're able to hold Derrick Henry to under fifty five, but Josh Jacobs runs for a hundred plus yards both times we play him this year. Yeah, he had like hundred and sixty total yards. Yeah, um, I, I, it's unbelievable. I don't get what causes that, especially because you know I. I don't know because it's it's literally like I mean every other we haven't really had any other backs off the top of my head rush against us like that Texans uh what was it Damian Pierce correct he didn't do that to us he he had some good runs but he didn't rush for a freaking 150 yards so like how does I I don't get what makes the and what another thing I want to touch on too what the Las the Las Vegas Raiders are six and zero against us right yeah that's depressing very depressing. It almost seems like with the run defense, they they stop guys when they want to. Like Austin Eckler is always bottled up. Obviously, Josh Jacobs owns us. Um, we can say that very confidently now. Um, Unfortunately, they clearly did a very good job game planning against Derrick Henry, and they executed the game plan incredibly. I mean, they just really played hard, hard nosed football um, in the trenches um, against the Titans, and that really, really was really impressive to see because that's someone who, like we said, had five straight games of 100-plus rushing yards and was just tearing up the NFL. Um, he's, like leading, he's like leading the league in rushing yards, and we did that to him, like under 55 rushing yards. Are you kidding me? And then you let Josh Jacobs, who's like one of the most inconsistent backs in the NFL. And, you know, all due, all due respect, he's, he's been a very good running back this season. I'll, I'll give him that. Um, but it just seems like he, it's something else when he plays us. I don't know what it is. Um, but I want to tie back to what you were uh, going to bring up early on the injuries. Can we talk about the injuries for a second? I, I know we only had two injuries this game. Chase Edmonds obviously suffered a high ankle sprain. He's going to miss multiple weeks. Um, so, you know, that's why he's, they were kind of looking towards uh, Latavius Murray, Marlon Mack, and Devine Zigbo. But um, they obviously, Jonathan Harris got injured this game. But all in all, obviously the most injured team in the league, Chase Edmonds, who had, hadn't had any injuries this season, comes into Denver and his second game as a Bronco, one of his is like third offensive snap. He gets a high ankle sprain. Just multiple players in this team have been dealing with ankle injuries, hamstring injuries, tearing their ACLs. It's just like injury after injury. I don't understand what the hell is going on. And you can't always blame it on like the turf because we've seen multiple, like those are more of like non-contact injuries, but no, there's just guys constantly getting banged up. And it's even on in practice too. Jonas Griffith is expected to miss the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, suffering injury during practice yeah I see with with injuries it it's 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 really interesting when it comes to injuries because some are I'd say pretty much any situation it's unlucky but this is like the third year in a row now I think that the Denver Broncos have had injury issues like bad like not not oh you know we we missed out on this guy we missed out on this guy you know stuff happens it's football unfortunately that's just the the reality of the of the sport but to the extent that the broncos have taken it the last couple years is just insane let let alone this year and the one that's really really interesting to me because i've seen a lot of people saying well i wonder if it's the strength and conditioning coaches i wonder if it's if it's like the medical staff or something and the the one that really makes it interesting to me is, is chase edmonds getting hurt 
it, it, I don't know if it's a coincidence or what the situation is, but it's, this is a second game playing for us, correct? Because we got him during the bye week, right? And um, so I don't know if that's just unlucky or maybe maybe it does have something to do with our strength and conditioning and and, and the way that our players are being worked because it 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 feels like it's happening too much and too often for it just to be a a coincidence. Yeah, we've had Tim Patrick, K1 Williams, Randy Gregory, Ronald Darby, Garrett Bowles, Mike Boone, Cam Fleming, Baron Browning, Caden Stearns, Justin Simmons, Louis Cushenberry, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, Billy Turner, Graham Glasgow, K1 Williams, Jonas Griffith, Chase Edmonds. Seriously, like, you can't tell me that there's ever been a team that has been like this hospitalized. Like it's, well, it's outrageous. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't I don't have the injury report stepped up on me. But a lot of them are lower body injuries too, aren't they? We're talking yeah. like knees and ankles, right? Yeah, and I'm a huge I'm a huge like um I don't know what we call it advocate for um you know changing the fields to to you know grass, not just the you know turf. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, well, ours ours is grass, isn't it? Is it Denver's? I I I could be. I do not know. I have no idea. I thought it was, but I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's turf. And it's funny because I literally just went there this year and I, I don't know. I, I was there probably seven, eight years ago. I actually got to, this is a fun, fun little fact real quick. My uncle used to work security for them. So I got to go up. I sat in John Elway's seat. Dude, I got, I got, I went the whole nine yards. It was freaking awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, touching on that, I, you can only but like you said earlier you can only blame so much of it on the field and I don't know what it is maybe we're just the most unlucky team in the the NFL when it comes to injuries or maybe it does have to do with the way that we're conditioning the, the you know the the way the staff's conditioning the guys I I unfortunately I don't I don't have the answer to that but I hope that it gets figured out because okay it's just, it's just crazy I apologize to the viewers the Broncos are one of 16 teams that are playing with natural grass so it is okay yeah, so, um, yeah, th- you can't blame that on the turf. And like I said, most of the turf injuries are non-contact, and I don't believe any of our injuries have been non-contact besides the Jerry Judy. Um, Tim Patrick obviously was in practice. Javante Williams, I don't even think he injured it at mile high. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, I, I wouldn't blame it on that, but I'm just saying, like, in, in general, like, MetLife, is, holy shit, like, make that natural grass now because that – Sterling, poor Sterling Shepard, his career has literally been ruined by that shit field. I mean, well, that's a one off little topic, but I feel bad for the guy. I see, I see a lot of people, a lot of people when it comes to the grass debate too, they're like, um, well, it, it it's hard to, you know, keep, keep real graphs, uh, you know, live year round, blah, blah, blah. Dude, I, I, I'm, again, I'm out here in Arizona. I've seen how the Cardinals do it they're able to make it happen. Okay. They have the whole, but the whole freaking field rolls out from the side of the building. So it can get sun during the day and all that fun stuff. Like we're talking about a multi-billion billion dollar business. They can find a way to make freaking grass grow in every place that there is an NFL team. They just choose not to do it. And, you know, I'm sure that that's, that's probably an, an, an owner's decision, you know, by owner, what they decide to do. But yeah, it, but the amount of injuries that are definitely happening, you would think that they would just logically go, okay, we should just stop this. You know, they're doing it. They're, they're putting all this work in for concussions. Now, you know, knees and ankles, like those are, those are also important. You know, I get it's not the brain, but you can't play football without your knees and ankles either. So. 
Um, yeah, it's just, I, I mean, I don't want to be a casual per se, but um, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. At this point, it, it just feels like it's the conditioning, um, the, the conditioning staff, Lauren Landau, I believe is his name. Um, obviously the strength and conditioning coach for the team. Um, I don't know, maybe it, maybe it is on him. Maybe it is the conditioning for the team. I, I really don't know. And if we fire him and then get a new guy and the same shit happens, it's like, what, what do we do? Like, obviously we want answers, but they're injuries. Like those, it's the biggest like question mark of like how we can really fix that. And, you know, I don't know too much about, you know, what they're doing in practice and workouts and whatnot and what they could do to do, you know, prevent these injuries. But all right, as a, as a, a Bronco fan, we, we, we need answers now. Like I'm tired of constant seasons where, you know, we see these offenses like patch, you know, the chiefs where you, you have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and they're um, obviously they have Juju Smith Schuster and um, Valdez Scantling are bang, banged up right now. And then Kadarius Tony out with the injury, but they're still making it work. Um, and then, you know, so I can't really complain too much about it just because the, the, like I said early on, the great teams respond to adversity and we have not responded to uh, adversity. That's, um, that's, that's the key. I, I believe I brought it up last week. It's there, there's these teams that it seems like no matter what happens or what's going on, they find a way to win. And we're just not one of those teams. And it sucks. Cause yeah, we, we, we make that excuse, you know, injuries, 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 but just like you just said it, other teams are finding a way to make it happen. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's getting pretty crazy. Um, speaking of crazy, we've seen, um, a lot of crazy fan, uh, Raiders fans on Twitter completely destroying Patrick Sertan over the game he had yesterday. Obviously, everybody has their own opinions on it. Obviously, that uh, game-winning touchdown walk-off by Devontae Adams in overtime uh, was zone coverage by the Broncos. But, you know, um, I'm going to be fair here. Patrick Sertan was pursuing him in that route, and he did bite extremely hard on that double move, and Devontae got the best of him. And there's a few other plays, too, if you watch the film. Um, I believe uh, about a, a few hours ago, the, um, the film came out for this game. Uh, comes out 24 hours after the game, so I'll have to look more into it. But um, from what I saw, uh, Devontae did get the best of Sertan in about, like, four-ish plays. So, yeah, Devontae did win this matchup. It's one, one in, He's one and one now. Um, obviously, a lot of matchups to come for the future. PS2, when, he, when it comes to time for his contract, he's obviously going to be extended. Devontae Adams on a big contract for them. Um, so this is going to be uh, one of those where there's going to be plenty of rematches. So Broncos fans, don't dwell on this one too much. Just be more upset at the coaching staff for and, you know, the offense for not winning this game. Um, but like me and Brody were saying yes, yesterday's episode, this is one of the first games where it felt like the defense didn't necessarily let down the offense, but they almost played probably almost worse. They obviously the whole team played bad as a whole, but um, the defense had their by far the worst game of the season, even though they only gave up. Um, you know, I, I, we agree on most stuff, but I, I think this is, this is where I might have to disagree with you on this one. I, I still think the defense played an amazing game. I think Devontae Adams was Devontae Adams, but you got to keep in mind until overtime, we still held again, it, it's the Raiders. So let's not forget that, but we did hold an NFL team to 16 points. 
and you really can't ask for much more. Yes, Devontae Adams had a huge stat line, but a lot of those yards, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them were on that last play. And um, you, you really can't, you cannot ask for much more than to hold a team to 16 points in today's league. So granted, yeah, our, obviously our team could not have blown a coverage at the end. You know, we could have definitely stopped a few more times. We would have liked to, but I, I do think our defense still played an amazing game. And, you know, at some point, our offense is just going to is going to have to pick it up. And like like I touched on earlier, if if Melvin hadn't fumbled that ball, we'd be having a whole different conversation right now, because unfortunately, Melvin fumbles and then the field goal gets blocked. If we had either one of those points, the game wouldn't have gone into overtime. Yeah, and this division with the with the offense that offenses that are in here, and you know, despite the fact that the Raiders and Chargers have performed a little underperformed a little bit. Um, it's still the AFC West, and you can't rely on your defenses to, you know, you know, make these plays and win these games for you because it's it's a quarterback-driven league, and the offenses are going to prevail in this division. You've seen that absolutely multiple years in a row, and the Broncos obviously their offense has been the worst in the NFL this year. So, um, yeah, I yeah I agree with that. Um, just statistically, the defense did play the best game of the year, but. That wasn't the reason that we lost, but I know fans have came at the defense for that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. We obviously, again, the whole team could have played better, but, and then the touch on PS2, I'll, I'll let the Raiders fans have their, have their, you know, heyday. I keep it fair out here, but um, yeah, obviously all of Devante's yards weren't on certain uh, PS2, but uh, you know, you, He's been phenomenal in his first two years, and I think this is one of two times that he's actually been beaten multiple times in a game, let alone, like, actually, you know, lost the matchup, per se. So I, I think that's that's pretty good. You can't expect a perfect game every single time, every single week. So, you know, unless, you know, obviously, if this were to continue to happen every week, which I highly doubt it will, then we could have a different conversation. But there's a lot of people I saw on Twitter, too, even Broncos fans freaking out about PS2. And I'm like, that's that's such an overreaction, guys. Like, this that's, is that's, the best receiver in the NFL. It's like, yeah, your matchup of the week. It's cornerback one versus um, who I believe is uh, wide receiver two. So, yeah. And like, like you said, it. Um, we, we had two amazing talents and I'm if, if I remember correctly PS2 had him shut down pretty well the first time we played him and then he got him this time so you know it, it happens like you said he can't expect perfection and all in all at the end of the day they still played him well enough that it put our offense in a position to win this game and they didn't so regardless they still played him good enough we should have been able to win this game and we didn't yeah, and a lot of people are blaming that uh, first touchdown, the the first deep touchdown to Devontae, um, where he caught in the right side of the end zone on PS2. That was KJ's fault. Um, he was expecting the safety help there in zone coverage, and KJack didn't. <laughs> KJack isn't just the brightest in co in coverage, to be honest. Um, that's something we he's we've seen him struggle a bit with not only this season but last year as well. That's kind of why the Broncos actually hesitated to. Re uh, it took them a while to resign him. Um, my guess is he's not going to be back this year. I think, um, you know, it is a bit of a, a risky decision given Caden Stearns 
uh, you know, his history with his health issues. But when Caden Stearns is healthy, he's going to be a much, uh, I wouldn't say a much more effective starter than Kareem, but in terms of coverage, he is a better starter. Um, he's just going to have to work on his uh, run support. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll be back either. Um, and that's not even to say that I don't necessarily like him, but I, we, we almost didn't even bring him back this year until it just ended up kind of falling into place, I guess. But while we're touching on the defensive backs, uh, there, there was two people who actually impressed me during this game quite a bit. Um, Robert Math- Mathis played a pretty good game. He didn't, um, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah oh sorry um played a good game and then i can't remember who was replacing um williams i yeah he he had a really good play too it it got um called back for a penalty or it didn't it didn't end up mattering because of a penalty unfortunately but he had that really good breakup on Devonte, and that that impressed me that diving breakup and i saw that flag go out and i was like are they are they really gonna call a pi right now but it wasn't even it was completely irrelevant to what happened but I just I just want to touch on those two things because Matt Mathis had a, a pretty good game I know he had a few catches on him but he had a few good plays too and then that diving uh that diving um swat to stop that Devonte ball was pretty impressive so I just wanted to give some credit where credit was due um I have to ask this before we uh wrap up um you know talking about the Broncos secondary um and you uh you know until we jump into week 11 around the NFL what do you think about Justin Simmons this season do you think he's fallen off uh, um, or do you think fans are kind of overreacting in that sense? Uh, I, I think they're overreacting. I, I do think that his play has not been where it's been in the last, you know, few years, obviously. Um, he's had a couple games. Well, honestly, he's really only had one game off the top of my head that I could think of that he really did not play fantastically. Um, but every other game he's played, you know, good. He hasn't played terrible per se, like bad, but no, he has not played to that insanely elite level. Like, oh my God, Justin Simmons, Justin Simmons, Justin Simmons. But this. So I, I do think that that, that has something to do with it. Um, but I, I, I'm really not, I'm not sold that, you know, he's, he's regressing or he's washed or anything. I think, um, I think he'll be all right. Yeah, I don't think he's as good as he was in the past few years. But, you know, to be honest, he's been dealing with injuries. He's been banged up. Um, and he's had to take on a much bigger role this year with uh, leadership and everything. Bradley Chubb's gone. Um, Vaughn Miller left halfway last uh, last year. And, um, yeah, he, he just got adversity right now. I think he'll get through it. Um, I think he's still one of the better safeties in the league, to be honest. Um but yeah, I don't think he's fallen off by any means. Um, I think I'm, I'm still very comfortable in that contract we gave to him. Um, so, yeah, that's just addressing, you know, a few people that have talked about uh, Justin Simmons. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, our, our uh, weekly thing that I'm really excited to do this on uh, the week 11 around the NFL. We like to react to the games on here um, and look at every game and kind of break them down. Um, so the Titans and Packers Thursday night football. The Packers were four and six going in this one. Obviously, the season kind of on the line in this game. Um, the the Titans beat the, them twenty seven to seventeen. I actually picked the Packers in this game. Um, yeah. What What do you think about uh, Aaron Rodgers and the rest of his career um, in Green Bay and the NFL? 
Okay, so I was kind of not to say that I don't think the Titans are a good team, but I was definitely I definitely had the Packers in this game. I was I was pretty surprised when I saw the Titans won. Um I I'm really not out on Rodgers, mostly just because I refuse to to say that. Um same thing with like Brady. It's I'm not out on either one of them. I can't be out on either one of them until they're gone. I I do I I I'm gonna be honest. I didn't really watch that game. I didn't see much to do with it. But I do know a lot of the problems throughout this year have been receivers dropping balls. Have been a lot of other offensive issues other than him. So um I I'm definitely not out on him. I'm not gonna you know I'm not a Packers fan, so I'm not gonna worry about it anyways. But as far as Rodgers is concerned, I I really wouldn't worry about him too much. They, they're having a bad year. It was bound to happen at some point. But those rookie receivers have shown promise. They do get open. They have been able to do so. So as far as Packers fans are concerned, as disappointing as this season has been, I would not throw in the towel and, and just give up on the guy who's who's been your leader for the last, what, 12 years? So Christian Watson had another multi-touchdown game. That's really, um, if I'm a Packers fan, I'm really happy to see that, honestly. Um, he had a couple touchdowns last week, right? Yeah, he had three. Yeah. Then he had two two this week. So um that that's pretty it's pretty cool to see. They got now they got um Randall Cobb back this week. He was uh, their leading receiver as usual when he's healthy. Um him and Rogers are about the only ones that really have that connection. But him and Christian Watson are building that uh connection. But it just kind of makes me think like is Rogers um I'm not gonna say their season's over. But is this, um, you know, if they're eliminated from contention at any point, playoff contention at any point this season, if it if it's um, over for Aaron Rodgers? Well, yeah, and I'm, I'm sitting here looking at I, my, my immediate thought was, I mean, he was 24 for 39, 227 yards, two touchdowns. So it's not like he, but looking at the stats, of course, it's not like he played a miserable game by any means. And you can't, you obviously expect Aaron Rodgers to put up more than 17 points. So I'll just go ahead and, and throw that one out there, but you can't really knock him for his, when his defense gives up 27 to the Titans either. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not out on Rodgers. I, I wouldn't give up on him yet. I know there's a lot of people calling for him to be gone already, which is kind of blowing my mind, but I guess there's a lot of people calling for Russ to be gone too. So. Yeah. it's Honestly, quarterback is, it's one of the most judgmental positions easily in football. There's, I, I can't name a single starter that hasn't gotten any kind of hate throughout their career or any judgment um, after any single performance. Um, if, if you win as a quarterback, if you win, the, the, it goes to the quarterback. If you lose, it goes to the quarterback, no matter what happened. So. And most NFL fans don't realize that this is a team sport. It's not... Right determined based off of how the quarterback plays because you're looking at that stat sheet obviously I you know I was looking at the game Rodgers missed on some key throws for sure but he didn't he wasn't the reason at all that this team lost but you know like we said it's one of the most judge you know judge worthy uh, positions in football I mean it's the most important position on teams but you know th these wins are a result of you know team play it's not just on one player and I think a lot of Broncos fans should consider that with Russell Wilson um, we got the Bears and Falcons. The Falcons win 27 to 24 in Atlanta. They moved to five and six, and they are very much alive in the NFC playoff uh, wildcard um, hunt. 
Um, that that their team is pretty interesting to be honest. Um, but they did lose Kyle Pitts for the rest of the season. He hasn't been too crazy on the stat sheet. Um, he did have three catches for 43 yards, but um, they only threw 130. They only threw for 131 yards, but still uh, put up 27 points and won this game. Uh, they had Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson. They rushed for 50 yards each. Um, another week where Justin Fields um, puts up multiple touchdowns. He only had two this week. Um, the last few weeks, he had around three and four a game. He only had two this week. Um, he had 85 rushing yards, 150 passing yards. Um, but they they lose this game. I'm pretty sure uh, the uh, turnovers were a result of Falcons winning this game. Yeah, I, the, the first thing that immediately stands out to me is 18 carries for Justin Fields. That's a... Uh... That's it's, a lot. It's crazy. I've never seen anything like this from a quarterback. Um, that's, that's more than their running back. has. more than David Montgomery had. He had 17. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's any time. And I'm not going to bash him for that by any means. I mean, he sees a lane, he's going to take it. I mean, 100%. Good for them. But if you're relying that much on your quarterback to pick up rushing yards, it's like, you know, do, do we really need to go out and, you know, draft a wide receiver in the first round? Like, yeah, well, and the the other thing, I mean, it's like you're talking 4.7 average, so it's not like he had on 18 carries. It's not like he had one that was huge, I don't believe, right? Like he was just consistently just running for like five yards, running for five yards. Like what I, – again, I didn't watch the game, so it's hard to really gauge what happened. Justin Fields is obviously an insanely talented athlete. And I've never been on board with the oh, running back, running back, running back, even when Lamar was doing it. They're quarterbacks. People are just upset. You can't stop them from running, too. It is what it is. But he threw for 153 yards. He did throw a pick. Um, but I, I do think I, Justin Fields' game has definitely been improving. And I will say this. I do know that a lot of this, I personally believe, has to do with their change of game plan because they have been trying to make this dude throw from the pocket since they drafted him. And now they're letting him run loose and it seems to be working for them. They didn't win this week, but their offense has definitely been playing a lot better the last couple of weeks. So. Yeah. And it's funny because what their strong suit has been, the defense has now been their weakness over the last few weeks. Um, yep. They traded Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, and it feels like it makes the difference in the world to them. Um, it's been multiple weeks now that they've give, given up like, 24 27 plus to teams um i mean they completely got destroyed by the cowboys um and justin fields didn't even play the worst game so um i'm sure as bears fans they, they're probably frustrated by that the fact that they can't play complimentary football yeah we know that feeling we're with you guys the eagles beat the colts 17 to 16 eagles 9 and 1 now um they bounce back from that loss um on thursday night or no, um, Monday night to the uh, Commanders last week. Um, I called that, by the way. Yeah, I, I, for, I forgot <laughs> to, um, to talk to you about that. He, uh, if you guys go back and look at um, kind of our, uh, we did like a preview on that, right? Oh, uh, I think it was the preview to the, oh gosh, the Titans game? Oh, yeah, right? yeah, I believe, yeah, something like that. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you called it, so kudos to you. Um, the I mean they could barely beat the Colts this, this week though the four or five yeah. Colts um, I uh, I believe it it was literally it was a last like a uh, 
quarters. Like last, yeah, like, it was like the last minute too, right? Was it? Yeah, I was about to say, I didn't want to like be wrong, so I don't want to make myself look stupid, but I'm pretty sure it was like the last drive thing. It didn't hurt scramble in for it. Yeah, he scrambled in. Yeah, they were they were winning, and then and then they just weren't anymore. But yeah, when you're losing to the when you're losing to the Colts, that's why. Since we're on the Eagles, I'll touch on them. And I've 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 been saying this. I had a couple conversations with some other people today. I I don't think I'm not saying the Vikings, the Vikings too. Vikings and the Eagles are a bad team, but I do not think either one of them are truly contenders. I think that they've won games and they're doing good, but I don't think either one of them are making it past the first round personally. Unless, of course, one of them's playing the Cowboys, in which case they will make it to the second round. I know the Vikings just lost like 40 to 3 yesterday, but yeah, I couldn't agree more. I've been saying it for weeks. The Eagles are frauds and the Vikings are frauds. Um, yeah, we'll get to that Vikings game in a second. Um, I like the Vikings. I, I, I honestly like the Vikings um, just as a team and their players, but I don't think they're I don't think they're a serious team, to be honest. I think they just they have good games. They um, they probably take the regular season a lot more serious than they would the postseason. Um, yeah, I, I just don't really believe in those two uh, NFC teams, to be honest with you. I, I believe more in the Bucks than I do the Eagles. That's probably crazy to say, but that's – Not at all. I, I have the Bucks and Bills for my, my Super Bowl prediction, so I, I'm not out on Tom Brady whatsoever. Um, Jalen Hurts kind of had a Justin Fields kind of stat line. He uh, threw for less than 200 yards, but rushed for 16 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown, so – 5.4 average to oh that's crazy huh yeah that's more that's that's more attempts than their their back as well yeah it's just <laughs> I, i've been saying for a while now like dual threat quarterbacks are where it's at that's where the nfl is trending um that they're they're picking that up from college football and it's it's going to be the future of the nfl i'm telling you it's once like guys like um you know tom brady um ben roth is obviously retired rothsberger obviously retired um, Aaron Rodgers, all those like non-mobile quarterbacks, once they're retired, teams are going to be going after, you know, guys like Jaden Daniels in college, um, Bryce Young, C.A. Stroud, guys who can really use their legs to their advantage. That, it's the future. It's the base of the NFL. Yeah, it, it, uh, it just opens, it opens up more possibilities. And, that, and that's not to say that there's never going to be another great non-mobile QB. Obviously, that would just be unrealistic. There's going to be another one. When Do we, do we know when that day is going to be? No, it could be two years from now. It could be 20. Don't know. But um, yeah, I, I think you're 100% correct. Because when, when you could snap the ball to the most athletic player on the field, who could also chuck the ball for 70 yards straight down the, down the sideline, yeah, it definitely opens up your playbook a bit. <laughs> That's the thing about Hurts and Fields, though, because they have arms. Yeah. When they can figure that shit out, I know Jalen Hurts, he's already a pretty solid passer. but Stepped it up a lot this year. Yeah, he did. Accuracy, big, big jump. Um, I can tell, obviously, worked on the offseason. But when Fields can figure that out as well, and they can get weapons for him, and, man, it's going to be dangerous because um, he's kind of, like, not even relying in the passing game. And he's still being able to put up multiple touchdowns a week. So, well, and I think my, the most impressive thing I've seen about him, about Fields, outside of like the obvious, I'm, I'm gonna state something that's like, you know, not the most obvious thing that stands out is his ability to throw the ball after he's ran around for like 40 yards in the backfield. It's not, it, it, I've seen multiple highlights of this guy just sideline to sideline to sideline, and then he'll throw it for 30 yards downfield. 
it's like that when you're when you're watching it maybe it doesn't seem that crazy but the dude just ran like 60 yards sideline to sideline and then just threw a perfectly good pass 30 40 yards down the field like that that's 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 talent that is not very common obviously so i i i truly do think that fields unless something crazy happens if the bears set him up for success i do think fields is going to be around for a while yeah they made it pretty obvious by trading away their two two of their best defensive players and getting chase claypool that they do believe him as the franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future so um you know good for them Seems like they found their uh, the next great dual th- uh, threat quarterback in the league. Guys like Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. Um, that's cool to see. Made me uh, eat my words calling him a bust in the first season. <laughs> um, speaking of busts, we got the uh, Jets and Patriots. Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. what happened? You're a bust, buddy. And uh, Mac Jones. Let's not forget him, too. Now, that's, uh, that's something I said at the beginning of the season that I'm not going to eat my words on. Zach Wilson is never recovering from this. I'm, he's literally Drew Locke, but a little bit more talented. And honestly, this game, he looked worse than Drew Locke. So you could probably could have put Drew Locke in the Jets system without any practice, and he probably would have did better than nine completions. So uh, Yeah, I, this game was uh... – I think we threw a, a really fun word around uh, last time on the podcast. Poverty. There was one on a punt return at the very end. So, uh, yeah, like the fact that game came down to a punt return touchdown. Wow. Yeah, I think uh, I. You know, we obviously we can talk about the game, but I think us just saying that it was a punt return touchdown says all it needs to say. I mean, Zach Wilson was nine for twenty-two for seventy-seven yards. Uh, he also had the most rushing yards on the team with. 26 so <laughs> oh my god that's crazy mac jones actually was 23 for 27 246 yards and they didn't put up points that's yeah, a wilson put up one field goal it's a wilson style line right there that's interesting dude i'm so glad i forgot to um i swear to god on everything i forgot to put Ron- ramondre stevenson in my starting lineup and he had 15 carries for 26 yards let's go absolute lucked out from the football god fancy football gods there lucked yeah that's that that's kind of interesting the i mean like just looking obviously we all know stats don't tell the whole story but just looking at the stats it would look like the patriots dominated this game so i'm kind of confused as to what happened but yeah i guess they're, they're both six and four so yeah, yeah. stevenson has six catches for 56 yards but he got absolutely bottled in the run game um, I can't, I can't uh, remember who I ended up starting, but it was definitely, they definitely like tripled Ramondre Stevenson's fantasy points. So. Oh yeah. I didn't even see that until you pointed that out. He was their leading receiver that game. That's interesting. Um, commanders and Texans commanders are probably, if they, I know uh, Ron Rivera said they're going to stick with uh, Taylor Henneke, Taylor Heineke, despite uh, Carson Wentz um, coming back. Um, right decision, by the way. Yeah, right decision. Um, if you know, since they're sticking with him, I think they're sneaky playoff contenders. To be honest, I think they're um very much in a conversation to make it with you know the Giants and Cowboys in their division, and obviously the Eagles. It's absolutely insane that that whole digit division might make the playoffs. That's that's wild to me. That was supposed to be the AFC West, but we all saw how that turned out. Yeah, and this is supposedly this was 
like the most poverty division in football a, few years. Yeah, a year ago <laughs> like who was their division winner they had like seven wins or some shit like it was yeah so yeah it, it, i don't even know i don't it, it it just goes to show you know what well, let's spin it like this it gives us hope for next year because clearly if you get the right coach in there you get the right guys in there you can make a turnaround happen or maybe it's just because they're all playing each other and they all suck so they all have wins i don't know but i, I will say this at heineke i don't i don't know what it is about this guy maybe it's his jordans i know he buys jordans every time he beats a team or something i don't know if you've seen that but he buys the color the color of their jordans um his stat line, 15 for 27, 191 yards, uh, you know, nothing mind-blowing, nothing, you know, terrible, I guess, zero touchdowns, so, you know, you could label that how you want, but it doesn't really matter, because that dude, I don't know what it is about him, I don't know if he's just got that, he's, he's just got something, he's got that factor, the players, everybody just seems to play better when he's on the field, everybody seems to want to win more when he's on the field, and he just, he just wins, I, I don't even know, unless i'm missing something that happened last year i don't know why they didn't just move forward with him to begin with um i don't know why they truly thought wentz was a better option but um it's also the commanders we're talking about so that's probably why they thought Wentz would have been a better option but i'm glad that they seem to have realized that heineke should have i i don't know i always liked heineke i i, I really did from the second I first started seeing him play, he's just got, there's just something about him. And I think if they, if they put the, the scheme around him and they, they give him what he needs to win, he's going to win. And I mean, he's, he's doing that. So then they, they beat the Packers the other week too, didn't they? So yeah, I, I don't know. Like you said, the commanders are, are I think they're, I obviously, I don't think they're going to go all the way, but I definitely do think that they, they can make the playoffs and they can surprise some people this year. And it's also it's it's also even more impressive with all the off the field issues they've been having over this last year. Definitely, it's really that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Heineke is a winner. I mean, he's a proven winner. Um, ever since he took over, he's like three and one or four and one as their starter. Obviously, you could tell from all the videos and stuff that you know all those guys rally around him. When Carson Wentz was in there, nobody was putting chains around his neck and shit. You know, granted they were like terrible. They had a terrible record, but um, I don't see it. I don't see much teams giving their quarterback support that the way the commanders are giving support to Heineke. So that's really cool. Um, also, Ron Rivera is a really underrated head coach. Um, yeah, he uh, he's what? He's, he's uh, gone through – he survived cancer, correct? Yeah, he cancer. Made, made it through that. And then I believe, um, obviously, our, you know, our um, thoughts go out to him and his family, but I believe his mom passed away before this game too. Yeah, I saw um, the, you know, the locker room speech. That, that touched me. Yeah, so I, it, you know, it's it's good, and you know, the first, the, and, and this is just just to touch on, just to touch on the conversation we had earlier about Hackett. One of the first things that happened during those press conferences, I just I saw the quote for it or whatever, but immediately they start talking about how how great Ron Rivera is and how tough he is, and how they were so happy that they got to go out there and get this win for him, and how much he's been through, and they just go to bat for their coach, and it's just it's it's a really touching and and, and nice thing to see because you don't see it all the time and. You know, especially for for what Ron Rivera has gone through, like it, it's it's it from the outside looking in, it's it, it is nice to see him win and to see them go out and do good. Because yeah, I, I don't know, I I've just always had I always had this weird feeling with with the Commanders, like I I feel like they're gonna end up doing something, and that's why I called them for the Eagles last week. Like I don't, 
I don't know. They got something, and it's working, so good for them. Yeah, they, they're a very physical football team. Um, you know, they kind of play old-school football, and I like that like that about them. Um, Heineke also with him, he never makes um, – you know, he's he doesn't make any turnover-worthy plays that Carson Wentz does. He's a very uh, clean, you know, quarterback that executes the game plan much – much better than uh, Carson Wentz, so and yeah, has the experience in that system. Absolutely, and I think that I think it's actually a really good point. Is you know, oh, I feel like uh, some quarterbacks. I think Drew Locke did this a lot. They they try to be the maybe this is the wrong way to word it, but it's the only way I can think. They try to be like the star of the the game and just try to make it. It's like hail. It's like a a home run or nothing every single play, and it's just you can't you can't do that. And you see with Heineke, like he. No matter what, whatever he's got to do, he's just going to do it, and they're going to win the game. If he's got to hand the ball off every play, he's going to hand the ball off every play. If he's got to make a play, he's going to make a play. If he has to do some awkward kneel down and, you know, get a late hit, you know, and flag for the win, I think that happened last week or something, he's going to do it. So, yeah, it's that's the difference between a, a winning quarterback and a quarterback who wants to, you know, do it all, and you just can't. It's unrealistic in the NFL to just do it all, all the time, unless you're Justin Jefferson or something. But Yeah, to wrap up that game, it's pretty obvious the Texans are doing, you know, an obvious tank job there in Houston. Um, they're 1-8-1 now. They hold the first overall pick. Um, they have their eyes set on either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young for sure. Um I, you know, and I want to get your opinion on this. What do you think about teams tanking? Do you – like, do you really believe that? Obviously, the Dolphins have been leaked. Uh, to, you know, all the stuff got leaked that Stephen Ross was having them tank for Tua. Um, but do you think, besides that, that teams like really do like like front office will literally go out of their way to make sure that teams tank for players, tank to get the first, second, third overall pick? Like, do you think they like how is that possible if the players are on the ones on the field? Like, what do you think about that? I, you know, I. That's a really interesting one because yeah. you, you think about it logically speaking. And like, if you know, you're not going to win this year and you got like a great cool QB you want to go get in the first round of the draft, like it makes sense. Is it the right thing to do? No. Does it make sense? Sure. Um, but on the flip side, like you said, the players are the ones on the field. And I feel like it would be really, you know, players careers are vastly different than coaches and GMs. They have a certain when they have a very specific, specific window and they never know if if it's going to be their last snap or not never know. And, and anything can happen so if if they really are these guys are freaking insane you know it i don't know man like if you put if they put half as much effort as they would take to actually get an entire team to tank into winning they'd probably win some more games so i I think maybe there might be a mindset like, you know what, if we lose, it's not that big a deal, you know? So yeah, they're not going to go out and do everything they possibly could to win. They're not going to go pull off a trade, you know, to, to make something happen. But I just don't think it's actually possible to get a team to intentionally tank. You would have to get every single player on board and none of them would have to say a word. None of them could say a word. I mean, it's not like a player is going to get in trouble if he comes out and says, yeah, they're trying to get us to tank. Like, he's not going to get in trouble. So I don't I don't think it's really possible, but I don't think it's not a thought that some GMs might have in the back of their mind. Yeah, 
I uh, yeah, that's uh, for players. It's like one player, one play can change your entire career. Like purposely dropping a ball for a touchdown, that's gonna get you. That's gonna you know not get you any contracts in the future when you're done with that team. Um, I personally, I personally don't think that teams like literally will have the players. Um, you know, in the overall tank, I think that's just such a silly, foolish idea. Um, but I do think that GMs like potentially the Texans purposely put in someone like Lovey Smith, who probably isn't going to have the most success. Um, Davis Mills, who, you know, a lot of people want to call him underrated, but he isn't, he isn't really necessarily a guy with the roster that he's in in Houston is going to elevate them. He know that the GM knows that. I feel like they don't have too many uh, talent players on the roster. They have Damon Pierce, who is someone who do they, they can really build around. I like that pick a lot, but besides that, it's like, who do they really have? Brandon Cooks fucking hates their guts. It's like, he's, yeah. he's like, he's done with them. He wanted to get that, just like I just said, if if they, it's like kind of like the difference between the win mentality, like win now mentality or not. The Texans totally could have gone out of their way to try to get somebody and bring them in this year, you know, before the draft. But I mean, before the trade deadline and all that, and they didn't. And just like you said, you know, they, I I I think at most there could be, you know, like they could intentionally throw in bad schemes, but that's that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's something really interesting to talk about. I feel like not enough people talk about that. Um, I, you know, I'm kind of surprised by that, but the, the whole like thought of teams like tanking for picks is very, very interesting. We could like have a whole two hour podcast about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that yeah, that was a commanders Texans game. Um, commanders are very much alive in the playoff uh hunt. Uh, we got, let's see, the Rams and Saints. The Rams are all-time Super Bowl hangover. They're three and seven, same record as us. Um, Matthew Stafford, obviously back, but wasn't enough for them to do anything. Their offensive line is one of the most banged-up offensive lines in the NFL. Um, just like us, they've had multiple different combinations of starters. Um, obviously, it's hard to win in the Superdome there in uh, New Orleans, but um, yeah, the Andy Dalton, 21 to 25, 260, three touchdowns. That's a hell of a game. You got to give credit where it's due. It's a hell of a game. Um, running game wasn't anything special by any means. Uh, Taylor, um, Taysom Hill had a few carries. Chris Olave, who is the best receiver in the draft, I keep telling people, had a really good game. Five catches, 102 yards, touchdown. Give him his respect. Um, Jarvis Landry came back. He had a touchdown. Um yeah, I mean, nothing really else to say about this one. The Saints are just a better team this year, even though that both have been really underwhelming. Probably the most, besides us, probably, we're probably looking at the two most underwhelming teams in football based off of um, the expectations heading into this game. Um, yeah, I, I think the most one of the most disappointing teams of the year has been the Rams, um, for sure. They go all in, you know, with the exception of losing Miller, and they just continue to lose and lose and lose. And I've heard a lot of thoughts on um, – I, I read something. Um, Stafford had his concussion, and I believe his wife is not very happy about that. Uh, she was open, openly openly, pretty upset about that and how everything's going. So I wonder if Stafford's going to continue to play or or what the situation's going to be because, yeah, I – I don't know what the Rams deal is, but they're definitely not doing what they sh what they were expected to. So, yeah, I know Sean McVay talked about how he almost retired, um, and he said that you know once his guys like Donald, Matt, Matt Stafford, 
and those other, you know, key uh, cornerstones on the roster are gone, that he's he's calling, he's putting up, uh, you know, not the cleats, but you know, he's retiring. So I don't know. It's like a season like this. I don't know how much longer he's going to stay around. He, he seems like he's going to be with someone who reti- uh, who um, surprises the NFL and retires early because he's already talking about retirement very frequently early in his coaching career. So it's something interesting to watch. He's one of the well, brightest offensive minds. He has a lot of money waiting for him too once he's done broadcasting, correct? Yeah. I, f- I forgot what the contract was, but he turned down a lot of money to go back this year. Um, Bills and uh, Browns. Bills win this one 31 to 23. Um, obviously, a huge snowstorm in Buffalo. This one relocated to the Lions Stadium um, for the first time in forever. The Lions, um, besides Matthew Stafford, the Lions finally found, or no, uh, Detroit finally found their quarterback in Josh Allen. Um, uh, but, you know, all seriousness, the Browns lose another game. They just look like another. It's just the same thing with the Browns every week. They're the opposite of us. They have a solid offense, but their defense is just garbage. So nothing much else to say about them. Uh, no, uh, real, real quick while we are on the Browns, do we know anything about Watson this year? Um, he's gonna he's expected to play against the uh, the Bucks the Bucks this week. He is. He's yeah, expected he, to start. Yeah, he already returned to practice. Okay, yeah, I know he'd return to practice. I didn't know what their starting him situation was. That's gonna be, yeah. that's gonna be rather interesting. I'll make yeah, sure I'm not too sure about that either. I'm not sure if the Browns are just gonna sit him the rest of the year or what, because it's like you're obviously not gonna make the playoffs. So, what yeah, else? Yeah, well, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's kind of. I guess there's two ways to look at it. One, you could sit him the rest of the year and just start fresh next year, but he hasn't played in a couple of years. You know, everything aside, just talking strictly football, he hasn't played in the last couple of years. And when he's obviously had a bunch of other stuff going on, so maybe just letting him get all that out now at the end of this year when you already kind of know you're not going to make the playoffs could also be the right move. But on the flip side, if he gets like hurt or something, then you're really going to hate yourself. So that's true. If they do put him in, then it's obviously just going to be for evaluation and getting yeah. yards in their uh, Kevin Stefanski systems. Yeah, quote, quote, unquote, getting his rust off too, obviously, because I believe he played in the preseason and it didn't look too good. So, uh, Ravens and Panthers, not much to say about this game. Baker Mayfield looks like dog shit and he still owns <laughs> um, the Ravens, another low scoring defensive game. Um, they win by 10 in this one. And uh, Demarcus Robinson came out of nowhere and had 128 receiving yards. The Ravens just continue to, like, defy all, um, you know, statements made by fans in the league that you need, like, premier wide receivers to have success. They literally have bums playing for them. Like, no offense to them, but they don't need, you know, these premier wide receivers to be good because they have Lamar Jackson. You know, I'm not saying he's a great pass by any means, but they rely a lot on the read option in their run game, their run first team. That's how you know John Harbaugh is so yeah their entire offense is based on Lamar and they've yet to pay the guy dude if they lose Lamar Jackson that is the biggest like choke job of negotiation I I I said this somebody um obviously joking but you know, if Russ continues to just play terrible, Lamar is available. I mean, you could rent out a few Walmart parking lots for a couple of weeks or something, pay off his contract, and then we could just take Lamar in. No problem. Like, <laughs> we'll, we'll take him gladly. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the one thing that I I 
am hoping definitely works in our benefit. We have the richest owner in the league and kind of cash over cap thing. You see the Rams owner do it. They shouldn't have cap space, but their owner is super rich and can just pay everybody. So, uh, Chiefs, they they have some kind of salary cap cap glitch. So. Yeah, they got a little guru thing going on. So there's definitely ways to make it happen, and we have more money available than any other teams. So uh, I'm hoping for some good stuff in our future here. But yeah, the fact that they, I've read some things uh, saying that the owners literally just can't afford to pay Lamar what he wants. Like they can't, because I believe the way it works when there's guaranteed money, the owner is required to like set that aside. Like he, it, the owner has to be able to pay that. Like and set it aside like straight up up front that that's to my understand to my understanding the, the the player may not get all of it right away but he has to be able to essentially like put it in a vault like okay it's here and it exists you don't have to worry about it right so I, i've been reading things that the owner might just not be able to pay him and that'll be interesting because yeah you can't the dude has what like 400 million or not 400 sorry 40 million a year off of like franchise tags the next couple of years alone or something and then i i believe they offered him like 160 or 180 guaranteed or something why would you take that when deshaun just got paid like 250 or something like you can't blame him for not not wanting to take these contracts so okay, so he's going to be an unrestricted uh, restricted free agent this offseason yeah unless that i believe they can franchise tag you can franchise to take a player twice i believe so i they, they can tag him again this year i believe so or no 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 no. i'm sorry they did they tag him this year already um no they didn't no so they can they can tag him the next two years that's what it is so he has like a hundred something guaranteed just in franchise tags so you can't take anything less than that obviously so yeah i, I don't see any situation where lamar does leave but if it does happen and he's a free agent you know any team can get him that's going to be one of the biggest like signings for whoever gets him in like nfl history that's that's generational absolutely that's uh one of the you know most athletic players in the league well, it's it's concerning because you would think that they would have had the deal done by now so yeah. i don't i don't know what the what the deal is there's obviously more that we don't know but i do think it's super because it's not like it's not like he's just a great player too. He's like the whole, he's all of Baltimore. Like the fans love him. The players love him. Like he is everywhere. He's the face of that entire thing now. So I don't understand why there's obviously something going on that we don't know about. Yeah. And no, I believe he doesn't have an agent, right? No, he's, he's agent is him and his mom. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's definitely something maybe to consider there. This is his first contract negotiations aside from his rookie contract. Um, yeah, that's uh maybe we may, may have something to do with that. Um, the Lions beat the Giants 31 18. Uh, the Giants are frauds as well from the Eagles and the, the Vikings. <laughs> um, how do how how do you lose the the Lions? Um, well, this the, is the, the first part is the fact that the Lions have a better record than us is insane. Um, yeah, this just shows that I feel like Dan Campbell. You know, I don't want to ride the wave here, but the fact that he's four and six with this. The roster that they have, I think he deserves another another year as their head coach. To be honest, he's get the guy, James, man. Yeah, get Jameis Jameson Williams back. Um, get a quarterback potentially. I mean, this it's going to look a lot better for him. I mean, I, I don't know. maybe I'm racing here, but I think Dan Campbell's a, a really good head coach. 
I, I definitely think he is too. And I, I think the, the, the great, the even better part I touched on it earlier is the fact that when they do lose, he's able to keep everybody together and they still talk good about him and they still want to play for him. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think he's got something good going there. And I mean, we all knew the lions wasn't going to be a one year turnaround when he got there or a two year even really. So, um, yeah, I, I, especially if they keep winning. I mean, this is the first time they've won three games in a row since 2017, I believe is what the stat said. So uh, it's been a while since they've won anything, let alone three games in a row. So That's crazy. I can't, yeah, I can't remember the last time the Lions had a winning streak going in general. So, I mean, good for them. I, I think Lions, Lions fans are some of the coolest fans in the NFL. I don't have any issues with the Lions fans. They're cool as hell. Um, yeah, they're, they're heartful because they they know what it feels like to lose for the last 15 years or something. So <laughs> they've been through everything. They've probably been on the side watch too. <laughs> the Raiders and Broncos game. Uh, I don't know about this game. I've, I didn't even watch it. I'm just not talking about that one. Uh, Cowboys and Vikings. The Vikings get absolutely destroyed. Oh God, 40 to three. Oh my God. CB, CBS switched to the Steelers and Bengals game in the third quarter of this yes they stopped broadcasting the game because it was going so bad for like it was just an absolute blowout so they were just like yeah we're gonna switch to the Steelers and Bengals real quick that was I I thought that was a meme when I first read it and then I found out it was true I was like oh has this ever even happened before I don't know if that's if that's happened like that but yeah they straight up switch they switched the national game to the Steelers and Bengals Tony Pollard went freaking stupid 180 total yards um two receiving touchdowns and then Zeke had two uh two rushing touchdowns um when I mean, when they can play this well, they look like one of the best running back tandems in the league. They they beat them up so bad that Cooper Rush got some refs. So yeah, that is just, that's yeah. all it's all time low for the Vikings this season. They go they go and beat one of the best teams in the NFL in the Bills, and they do this. So it's like, how am I supposed to believe in the Vikings? I've been yeah, I I want to get your thoughts on this while while we're on the Cowboys. I've been obviously it seems like every year people get end up getting high on the Cowboys and then they, they lose first round playoffs. But uh, rumor, the rumor mill going around right now is OBJ might end up with the Cowboys. Does that change? Does I think that, so. Yeah. Does that change your, um your thoughts on, on them at all? Or are you still, you still set on the Cowboys probably not going far? Um, I don't know. I really can see the Cowboys shocking some people. I know it's so typical to see every year, Everybody's saying, you know, all the Cowboys fans saying, this is our year, I swear, we're America's team. We're going to the Super Bowl, I promise. And they completely shit the bed in the playoffs or they just don't make the playoffs. <laughs> um, I don't know. The, the, the Cowboys are one of the most, I don't know, they're really, a really interesting team. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they have games like the one against the Cow, the, I'm sorry, the Packers, and then they have a game like this against the Vikings who were just looking really hot. Um I don't know. It's interesting. I think Odell Beckham did play a big part in the Rams Super Bowl run. You know, obviously him and Von Miller were some of the biggest acquisitions by any team uh, midway through last season. And it was a big part of the Super Bowl run. Um, I personally do believe that um, obviously it's been reported. Odell has it narrowed down to the Giants and Cowboys. I think he's going to choose the Cowboys just because um, it's not looking too bright for the Giants. I think he probably thinks it'll be really cool to reunite with New York, but 
Um, they, they, they're more focused on Saquon Barkley kind of carrying them and focusing on the run game. He's going to get a lot more uh, love and attention um, in the receiving game in Dallas. I think he's going to pick the Cowboys and they're just, they're more, they're, they're more favorited to win that division anyway. So um, I think he's going to go with the Cowboys. I think it'll be a big boost for them. Him and CD lamb. Um, isn't Michael Gallup, what's Michael Gallup's status? Is he even healthy? Um, yeah, I mean, he played last game. He had three, three for 41. Okay, so he's – okay, yeah, so three for 41. Yeah, he's healthy. I thought for whatever reason he had a season ender again. Um, yeah, that's a really good receiving tandem. Obviously, Noah Brown has really emerged as a really solid wide receiver three, too. So um, – or wide receiver two for them. So, um, yeah, I mean, that the situation is interesting. But uh, to answer your question, I, I don't see them going farther than maybe the NFC Championship. So, yeah, um, let's see what else we got for this week. We got Bengals and Steelers. Bengals and Steelers. Bengals win this one as I expected, 37-30. I just didn't expect the, uh, um, Kenny Pickett's offense to do this well. Najee Harris as well had a pretty, pretty good game. Um, George Pickens just continues to look like a, um, a draft steal there in the second round. Um, they, they got a bright future. They just – um, I don't know. I felt like maybe their defense didn't play the way that they wanted it to this week. Bengals picked this one up. They moved to six and four. The Bengals are very much alive. Um, yeah, this is a practicing this week. So. Yeah, yeah. I think he's supposed to be back this week or next week, I believe. But um, this this is an interesting one for me because I don't know if it's a if it's terrible. Like I, because I, I don't believe the Steelers' defense is very bad. So maybe J- Joe Burrow. I mean, I want to say maybe we all know Joe Burrow's, you know, Joe Burrow. But they put up thirty points on each other. That that that's what I find super interesting. And the reason I say that is because is Kenneth is is Kenny Pickett improving this much, or was the Bengals' defense just that bad? And the uh, the thing that I'm I'm that's really standing out to me. Twenty five for forty two. Now that alone could be better, but he, he, Kenny Pickett threw forty-two times and didn't throw an interception. So um, that's obviously an improvement. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm really I'm really intrigued to see what his future is going to be like, and um, what the, the the I find the whole Steelers organization as a whole really um, interesting. The Bengals as well. Because I know a lot of people were counting the Bengals out early because they weren't uh, performing up to expectations. But I mean, they were missing their their number one receiver last night and put up thirty seven points. So I think um, I think they're doing just fine. Yeah, interesting situation there. Um, let's see, Kenny Pickett. I'm not really the biggest believer in, but who knows with him? Um, the Chiefs win thirty to twenty seven against Chargers. Pick the Chiefs in this one. They just continue um, on a weekly basis to look like the, the best team in the NFL. Mahomes um, is a god. Uh, obviously, Isaiah Pacheco um, is someone who I definitely need to pick up on fantasy, like right now if I can. Um, then Travis Kelsey just looks like a god. Him, I was thinking the other night, it, is it a stretch to say that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey is one of the best connections? Um, by a, a quarterback and a receiver of all time, just in NFL history. 
the only other one that really hits me in the head right off the top of the bat is just uh Tom Brady and Gronk. So uh yeah, I mean quarterback and receiver duels in general, not even just tight ends. Yeah, though I it uh it's definitely insane. And I don't know if you were watching um if you if you know anything about Kelsey's podcast he has going on, but he said a lot of uh a lot of things about how um it has to do with the way that they scheme them up. They scheme them up so well that just gives them so many opportunities to get open and just make plays. And he's like, he he's, he said he feels bad for like Kittle. He said he, I, Kelsey said uh, he believes Kittle's like the best tight end in the league, but they don't they don't um scheme him to to get open. They scheme him to go and crack a linebacker. So it's kind of hard to to show that talent when when you're not schemed up for it. Now that being said. That's not taken away from the fact that I absolutely do believe that they are one of the best duos this NFL has ever seen, 100%. That's, that's interesting. I didn't even see that. Uh, he said that on the podcast. And that's a really good point, too. Yeah, him, him and his brother were talking about it. Um, his brother had said, uh, J- Jason had said, he was like, well, he, he told Kittle to stop being a good blocker and maybe they'd scheme him to run routes more. It's <laughs> funny. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be it for week 11. Um, obviously the 49ers and Cardinals are playing right now. The 49ers are winning 24 to 10 and uh, they are approaching Cardinals territory. So Cardinals are just continuing to be poverty. Thank you for helping us out with the draft kit uh, pick for nothing. So um, looks like that's going to be like a really low draft pick, to be honest. Um, to me, it's still going to be the four, 49ers and Chiefs or Bucks and Chiefs in the Super Bowl, to be honest. Um, but yeah. yeah. I have the Bills and the Bucks still. I stand by that until I'm proven wrong. So I I, I do think again the Chiefs I, I, I'm really I'm stuck between the Chiefs and the Bills a lot. I know a lot of people are set on the Chiefs over the Bills, but I just I can't be fully convinced on it. I know the Chiefs keep winning when they play them, but I, I do think one of these times the Bills are gonna win and when they win it's it's gonna be in the, the playoffs. So with, it, with that being said, that's going to be it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, if you guys aren't already, make sure you guys are followed, have notifications on, leave a rating. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. Appreciate all the love and support as usual. Um, got more episodes coming up. Uh, I want to get um, a few players and reporters, media on here. Um, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Have, have notifications on, follow, subscribe. Um, Because we got a lot of great content coming up. Even though the Broncos season hasn't gone the way we wanted to, we're still going to make this thing interesting for you guys. Um, Great having my uh, co-host Dustin on, as usual. Um, Great episode today. um, today, And um, hope you guys enjoyed. Until the next one, peace.